and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Hometown Headlines Radio Edition. John Drucker Miller from HometownHeadlines.com and also from the Hometown Podcast Network thanking you for joining us today. Before we get to the headlines, and there are a bunch of them, this note, we've added a new feature called Sound Bites to our radio edition each morning this week. It's a cut from our longer podcast with City Commissioners Wendy Davis and Craig McDaniel. It will follow our rant of the day. Now on to the headlines. Number one, five candidates in the red-hot congressional race are going to speak Tuesday at the Floyd County Republican Women's Meeting. That's going to be at Red Lobster. Also, we have updates on the elections calendar for you as well as we begin voting this coming Monday on the presidential preference primary. Also today from the police departments, we have an Illinois man and a Swanee resident have now been charged with child molestation, internet solicitation, and other counts by Floyd County Police. Business news today, a big year for Sonovas's Northwest Division. Also in Cartersville, Sterling's Old Fashioned Creamery opens up on March 6th with a grand opening, and Training Magazine has a new salute to Shaw Industries. The CDC has issued an update on the coronavirus, what could happen in America if it does continue to spread. Also, we have two stories conveying that message in what we hope is an easier-to-understand format. We'll talk about that, by the way, in today's rant coming up. Also, other health news today, Redmond Regional is among the nation's top-performing hospitals for treatments of heart attack patients. That, according to a new report, three Chattooga County residents have been charged with theft of services, that services being power, following an investigation into a fire that destroyed their home. Also, in religion news today, Lent begins as area churches observe Ash Wednesday. We'll tell you where and when. Wildlife news today, and it's not good. Apparently, there are now doubts about the surviving egg in the Barry Eagle's nest. We have that update for you. Good news from GPV, though, as we look at what's happening with sturgeon in local waterways. They caught a monster fish the other day. They're given hopeful signs that sturgeon indeed are returning to local waterways. Wear Mechanical Weather Center forecast for the day. A little bit cooler, maybe a trace of rain later on today. It'll be chilly Thursday morning as well with uh, wind chills down to the low 20s. Snow showers are still possible early, early Saturday morning. Obituaries today, we say farewell to Mr. Lester Scott Green and Mrs. Margaret Lawrence McKinney Judkins. Also today, Downing News Public Health Restaurant Inspection scores a bunch of those today. Greater Community Bank brings you Crime Watch. That's updates from Floyd, Bartow, and Polk Counties now on the website. Truett's Chick-fil-A Sports Report, another busy one there. We have high school basketball updates from the state tournaments there. Uh, the Rockmont girls will move on. Those updates for you, the schedule. We have local college updates as well on basketball, especially Georgia Highlands and Barry College. Baseball news, the Rome Braves are hiring for the new season, plus single-A and all-star game tickets go on sale Monday. Reminder also that Thursday, Larry Lester, the co-founder of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, will give two speeches at two locations here in Rome on Thursday, Barry College and the History Museum. Friday is the last day to sign your kids up for the Parks and Rec Spring Sports. The registration has been extended through this coming Friday. And don't forget, March 14th, Harbin Clinic's Upper Conathon and 5K Run and 2-Mile Health Walk. We'll now have details for you on what you can do. You can sign up already online. Registration, indeed, is underway. And now time for Wednesday's rant of the day. One more reminder. First, though, we are doing our new Sound Bites feature, which excerpts some of the information from our recent podcast with City Commissioners Wendy Davis and Craig McDaniel. Please stay tuned for that after today's rant. Now, that rant titled... 
coronavirus, a failure to communicate. An old friend, now gone, was obsessed with the threat of a pandemic. So much so, he arranged for an extended meeting to discuss his fears, his concerns, and his beliefs. About 30 minutes in, I had to excuse myself, much to his disbelief. Quote, don't you care about this? End quote, he asked. I did, but I likewise had to pick up my son from school. I asked him to email me his report, no, make that a thesis, for additional review at the end of a typical 12-hour day. He didn't do so, so it turns out I didn't see it, but however, we did dodge that bullet anyway. The pandemic never developed. But there's another round in the chamber, so to speak, this one known as the coronavirus, and it has all of our attention, and for good reason. We've watched the headlines out of China, we're keeping count of how many cases already are in the United States, including that couple from nearby Rydell who were on that cruise ship a while back. We've witnessed a virtual panic attack on Facebook over a bizarre report that was tied to an urgent care clinic here in town. And don't forget that was followed last weekend by the on-again, off-again victim quarantine proposed in nearby Anniston. We bring this up today as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a narrative on Tuesday basically telling us to be prepared as the coronavirus is coming. We lift this excerpt from the report provided by Public Broadcasting, and it goes as follows, quote, It's not so much a question of if this will happen anymore, but more really a question of when it will happen and how many people in this country will have severe illness. That, record, that quote, by the way, comes from Dr. Nancy Messiner from the CDC. She lists possible scenarios we could see. Schools closing, workplace shutdowns, cancellation of large event gatherings. We guess things such as sporting events and perhaps political rallies as well. Pardon our language here, but exactly what the hell does it mean to, quote, be ready and, quote, work with us, end quote, if and when things do get serious? We've seen the outbreak of the flu and other such diseases close schools already this year in the Tennessee area. We've heard of schools going through massive scrub downs to make sure germs don't spread. We witnessed a local lab here in Rome go into overdrive this week after a patient with the flu came in for testing. The hand sanitizer and disinfectant couldn't be shared fast enough. We've seen Wall Street react to a potential impact of the coronavirus on the world economy. We've received emails from friends about media overreaction. We've read some reports from health officials that are in dire need of translation as they are littered with medical jargon and factoids and other information that makes it really impossible to follow a sentence or a paragraph, let alone the full report. Trust me when I say I have read at length complex reports on the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster, truly rocket science, that were far easier to digest than what's coming out of the CDC this week. On our website today, we link you to that CDC report and to two other stories in an attempt to provide translation. So what are the takeaways from the CDC's pronouncement on Tuesday? We're not quite sure other than be ready. We've all been told to take precautions very similar to warding off the flu, constant hand washing, giving those with any kind of symptoms ample space, etc., etc., we're lucky to be outside the normally germy holiday season as this begins, but what about spring break travel? What about students planning trips to other countries over spring break or even this summer? There are recommendations on where not to go amid quarantines and such. Suffice it to say, this is a good time to get travel insurance for any extended journey outside the United States. The next question, 
Will we need to think about the same thing for domestic travel, especially this summer? We're all for being ready and staying alert, but we're also all about information on what to watch for and what to do and, more important, what to avoid. But please put it in plain, simple English. We'll continue to ask a lot of questions in coming days and weeks of local health care officials, public health officials, and even our school systems. We also will call on and maybe call out elected leaders on a state and federal level to get busy and get us prepared. We don't need panic. We need clear and concise information. For now, we ask health leaders to get busy, to spread the word, and most important, say it in person on the street English. We can't afford a failure to communicate if, or is that when, coronavirus cranks up in the United States. And yes, to be honest, I would love to hear what my late friend would have thought about this possible pandemic. Believe me, I'd make time this time. This is John Druckermiller at HometownHeadlines.com. Thanking you for joining us today. We open and close with the stylish renderings of Funky Druck from Harry Musselwhite. Again, please stay tuned for our next soundbite with City Commissioners Craig McDaniel and Wendy Davis about what's ahead for our community. Have a great day in Northwest Georgia. Now, good point about that. And we talked about, you know, about how our downtown is prospering. You're letting a ton going on right now. I can't believe all the movement and real estate and everything else on Broad Street right now. But here it is. You guys are meeting over here at the Courtyard Rome Riverwalk, which is, you know, one of the signature pieces of the so-called River District. I know that was part of your part of the uh, topics I think discussed at this meeting as well about, you know, can we can we as a community see some of this Broad Street I don't want to say wealth. I hope, hope it's wealth. I hope everybody's doing pretty good down there. But bring some of that action across the river and over to the River District. We've seen Aventine come in here. We've heard a ton of plans, what's happened on the North 5th thing. So anyway, coming out of your meeting, you know, again last week, was there, you know, let's, we'll, how about we start with the River District? What, you know, what was the what was the gauge on that? Pros, cons, good, bad? What did you all hear? Well, I mean, there, there was a, a very um, – lively discussion about, um, you know, sort of hopes and aspirations and visions uh, for lots of parts of Rome. Uh, you know, the commissioner McDaniel talked about the corridors and, you know, we've identified the corridors before as a problem. But at this meeting Thursday, I felt like we said we need to push forward and find some solutions. Right. Um, so in a similar way, uh, the River District has great potential. And I think yeah. the the city's investment um, that will be coming with the streetscape um, from the SPLOST funds that the voters were smart enough to <laughs> approve um, and the city um, choosing to build that what was called a bridge to nowhere for a very long time. I think without that bridge, uh, we would not have the courtyard there. Um, I think the city um, buying those properties uh, right across from Barron Stadium so we could ha- be determinants of the future of what goes there. I think those were all very smart investments. You see time after time that wise public investment brings private dollars. And I think we're on the verge of um, a bunch of dominoes falling in that regard here in the River District. And we talked a lot about wanting it to be very vibrant, wanting it to um, attract uh, particularly young professionals um, and um, have a sort of a different feel, right? Not just luxury housing, but housing that's more attainable housing mixed in with retail and entertainment and dining opportunities and, and hopefully having a bit of a pop to it. Well, I think we're seeing a little bit of that with the courtyard, I think for sure. Uh, give the folks at River City Bank credit for what they've done. Their voters 
credit for what they've done to the stadium to enhance the stadium there. Uh, you know, Aventine, the Foundry, even some of the stuff over there, uh, you know, Avenue A, Tom Holt's property over there coming into play now as well. It just seems to be a lot of stuff happening there. And Craig, you know, from your side, from a city commissioner's point of view, also a real estate point of view, though, too. Uh, I mean, you're seeing things happen over there. You got your hands on coming, you know, kind of the pulse over there. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Well, I, I think there's a lot of excitement. The, starting back in 2010, we put together a uh, committee, and it was long before I was on the city commission, to look at the 3rd and the 5th Avenue districts, and I think that's where they first came up with this idea of having an arts district over there. Uh, we've had some discussion about having kind of like a river walk or doing better along the rivers, but uh, and we use Columbus and Greenville and Chattanooga as examples, but we built a city on the river, basically. I mean, our, um, as we transitioned from this agricultural community, um, you know, with the cotton block got its name for a reason, the rivers were the quarter there, and the city basically sprung up around that. So um, we're one of the few cities that have actually been located uh, at the confluence of uh, the coast of, of one river and along two other rivers. Our challenge, and I, I think it's more of an opportunity, is what we do over on the west third side and uh, along Fifth Avenue and Avenue A over there. And we've got investors that are looking. I'm, I'm involved in real estate and I, I had a conversation with a developer about 30 minutes before I got here about doing some things over there. You, you can expand on that. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I wish I could. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to name names. But there's a lot of activity over there. You know, we're looking at urban mixed-use zoning over there. And, uh, we, you know, one of the hurdles that we've got to uh, kind of get through is Floyd Medical Center, which is our largest employer, actually owns a couple of parcels over there that will be restricted uh, for health care use if we go UMU zoning. Well, actually, pardon my interruption, but we actually talked about adding hospital and health care yeah, to, so to the UMU zoning. So oh, it nice could, so the whole thing could be. <clears throat> and again, it was, was a, a new idea that was brought up and people said, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Right. It, it, again, a, a lovely um, opportunity to embrace um, making a change. Yeah.